If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, football fans, and welcome to The Onside Kick. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the Mark Weber. Dub them ease. And Mark, today on the podcast, we're going to do something special, and this is going to go on from now until I want to say the beginning of August, each week on the onside kick, we're going to take a division. The same division that will correlate with our videos of team previews leading up to the NFL season. And this week, it's the AFC East preview for 2015. Some would say AFC least. The AFC least? They, they, only, they just only have the Super Bowl champion within their division. And what else they got? Uh, got? Rex Ryan is he stayed in the division. He did. He, he has wanted a different to play color. for a bit of a rival. He like you know he likes the way he looks in blue yeah. as opposed to uh, green. And he likes driving a blue truck apparently. Yeah, Rex Ryan's funny because he still <laughs> has. Well, I don't know. I don't think he still has it. I think he he changed it right. The tattoo. The, uh, the, the Mark Re- Sanchez. Yeah, tattoo. Mark Sanchez. He put the, He changed it to. I want to say it was the Bills punter because that was the same number. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you know, they they look enough alike. It's fine. Like I get it, but it was like okay. I think the tattoos of his wife too. But yeah, she was he has in a tattoo a Mar- of his but wife. But she was in a Mark Sanchez jersey. Why would anyone want to wear a Mark Sanchez jersey? I don't know. I, I mean, I guess at the time because he at the time wasn't that around the same time that they went to what three back to back AFC uh, Championship games. Uh, I be- I believe that was it when was when they were on af- the hot streak. I believe it was like right after that. When they immediately started to not be good anymore, yeah. and then but it I became say, funny. I want to say he got the tattoo during that time. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So here's what we're going to do on this podcast. We're kind of going to talk about each of the four teams, not in depth, because we're going to leave that to our team preview videos, but kind of talk about who we think has had the best off season, who looks the best coming in to this season, and... I feel like with this division in particular, we have to just talk about this question first off is out of the three teams not wearing a Super Bowl ring from last season. Well, I guess the Patriots haven't had their ring yet, but they will. They are Super Bowl champions. Which team has the best chance to win the division in 2015 that did not last year? The Bills, the Dolphins or the Jets? I this is such a hard question because honestly the It's answer, a loaded question. The answer is essentially nobody. Um but I would have to probably go with the Dolphins. Uh You say that kind of like, well, I guess I gotta pick yeah, the Dolphins. Exactly. I mean question mark at the end. The Dolphins do have Ndamukong Sue. Helps out a ton. Uh they of course got Devontae Parker in the first round. That's somebody to throw the ball to because there's gotta be somebody out there. Uh and you know, they're some of the uh, articles now, ESPN, for example, is talking about, like, the the Dolphins have more depth than you think. 
and I will refuse to believe that until I see it. You know, I refuse to see there's much good about the receiving core of the Dolphins until they start playing some games. Uh, and maybe part of it will be hindered or helped out by Tannehill mm-hmm. uh, and his his play after getting his big contract. Uh, but I, I'm not I'm not super convinced. I mean, the defense is what's going to be good about the Miami Dolphins. The rest just has to be average, and they can possibly squeeze into a wild card. I'm looking right now. I'm saying the Dolphins as well, but I'm saying more of a solid answer. Not like, eh, well, Mark, I guess. is it? No, it's the Dolphins have the best chance this season to knock off the Patriots as the AFC East division winners in 2015. And reason being is, you said it, they go out and they get Ndamukong Sue to fill up that defensive line, maybe get after Tom Brady, maybe stop some of the running backs that you're going to see, especially with Buffalo, because Buffalo's got LaShawn McCoy now. Oh, yeah. I know he's not a ground and pounder right up the middle, but... He's going to get yards, though. If you got Ndamukong Sue there right in the middle of the line, that forces McCoy to the outside. They also got Jordan Cameron... And Greg Jennings, where, I mean, Greg Jennings and maybe Jordan Cameron, you may be sitting there going, well, Ricky, that's not the best of additions. But those are two options that now Ryan Tannehill can throw to. Because Mm -hmm. I feel like with the Dolphins, and it kind of goes for every team, not New England, the most important aspect to your season is how is your quarterback going to perform? Tannehill, I think for the Bills, it's E.J. Manuel that may change. And then it's Geno Smith in Mm -hmm. New York. That's, you know, that's a question mark of how long is Geno Smith going to play. Or is it Matt Castle? Because he's back in town in Buffalo, too. Yeah, we do have to to mention, of course, Geno Smith. uh, 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 As of on Tuesday the 9th, threw three interceptions, two of which in the red zone. These things happen. But it's just one of those... uh, it's not good. It's not confidence building. This is a guy who really needs some confidence coming into uh, this coming season. I do want to say one thing regarding our last kind of conversation with the Buffalo Bills because I know there's some people out there saying, hey, uh, we're talking about the next up. The Buffalo Bills were second in the AFC East last yeah. year. They're the next up. And, of course, with LaShawn McCoy, I think that's definitely an improvement. Well, and not just that. They've got now Percy Harvin. Mm-hmm. At the wide receiver position, they even picked up tight end Charles Clay, who used to spend his time in Miami. Yeah, so, I mean, they do have good stuff in Buffalo. Uh, I just think for Buffalo, the question mark of the quarterback position is a lot greater because you don't have, uh, I mean, not that Ryan Tannehill's anything phenomenal, but he's very solid. Here you have, uh, like you said, Ryan uh, EJ, EJ Manuel or Matt Castle. And that's it. I mean, those are your two options. Matt Castle didn't do anything for you the last time he played for your team. So I don't know what you expect out of him this time. And, of course, when he left Buffalo, he did okay for various teams but was never able to really secure a job. So you don't feel happy right now if you're a Buffalo Bill fan. Well, if I'm Buffalo, I am feeling more confident with Matt Castle than E.J. Manuel, because Rex Ryan, we all know he's a defensive guy. His defense, maybe in a year or two, is going to be a stout defense in Buffalo, or it's going to be a good enough defense to where you can say, okay, I respect that. I respect that defense. However, Tom Brady's still going to slay it like a knight slays a dragon. Of course, yeah. However, 
if you look at when he was with New York, who did he have the best success with? Mark Sanchez early on, mm-hmm. and which which quarterback fits the Mark Sanchez mold a little bit more? It's the pocket passing Matt yeah. Castle, and not the I was a mobile quarterback EJ Manuel. And of course, he did do the uh, Lashawn McCoy trade, which gets him that running back because that's going to help. Yeah, the the running back uh, scenario is really what drove the New York Jets to those uh, AFC Championship games that they had. Uh, those back-to-backs. Well, he likes to run the ball. Yeah, exactly. And and you need someone like this to do it. I mean, like you said before, not ground and pound, but you're not going to stop LeSean McCoy from getting yards. He will get yards. Teams just have to try and limit him and the amount of yards you can get. The problem for any of these teams, of course, and the Buffalo Bills, I think especially, you probably won't. The defenses aren't, besides maybe Ndamukong Sue, are not good enough to stop Tom Brady yet. And then your quarterbacks are not going to keep up with Tom Brady. The only one who has a chance to keep up with Tom Brady, maybe Ryan Tannehill. I know Sammy Watkins is over in Buffalo land right now. You feel good about that. Uh, but w- I don't think the quarterback plays as strong as uh, Ryan Tannehill's is going to be. Well, and I mean, the one thing I find interesting, and this goes with more of the Jets and the Bills, when they got their two new head coaches, Rex Ryan and... Todd Bowles, mm-hmm. who came over from Arizona, who's with the New York Jets. Both of those teams went with defensive philosophy coaches. And to me, I wonder if that's a decision of we got to stop Tom Brady. Oh, when yeah. Tom Brady leaves, we might have to stop the next heir apparent, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. And I mean, I think, well, it, of course, Tom Brady is phenomenal. We got no question Hall about of that. Famer. But Bill Belichick is still going to be there, assumedly, after Tom Brady leaves. So that system doesn't go away. It's still going to be there. We assume it's going to be good. We assume it's not just Tom Brady because uh, they were they were they've played fine in the few times that Tom Brady hasn't been there. So I see no reason why it would go away. You do want to go with that defense. You that's the only way you're going to win this division. Uh, but you do need somebody who can throw some touchdowns. Because you know you're not going to stop Tom Brady from throwing touchdowns. And I just wanted to stat correct myself. The Rex Ryan AFC Championships was two in a row, not yeah. three in a row. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens in regards to that. But with that being said, are the Patriots really going to not win this division? Even if the Patriots lose all four games, because surprise to all the world, I'm not being sarcastic, surprise to the world, Jimmy Garoppolo was absolutely terrible, uh, and yep. they, they lose to the Steelers, the Bills, the Jaguars, and the Cowboys. Well, they can still win with only having four games lost. Well, they I'm, lost four last year. I'm looking up some stats while mm-hmm. you were talking to kind of, because I want to go back to the point where you made about Rex Ryan and LaShawn McCoy, where back when the Jets did go to those two AFC Championship games. Yeah. They ran the ball really well. Last year, just a kind of base number, Buffalo finished 25th in the NFL with total rushing yards at almost 1,500 if we round uh-huh. it up. It was 1,482. And that's Fred Jackson that was leading that, I believe. If we go back to the 2009-2010 Jet teams that... Rex Ryan helped lead uh-huh. to the AFC Championship games in 2009. They led the league with 2,700 and 56 yards. 
Also, they were tied for third most touchdowns, rushing touchdowns with 21, and they averaged 172.3 yards per game, which was the most in the NFL that season. If we go to 2010, they were still a top-five rushing team at 23-74. They had 14 touchdowns, so a little bit of a drop-off, but they were still averaging over almost 150 rushing yards a game. Yeah, it's and that's hard to stop. It really is. But you do have That's the key to a Rex Ryan offense. Though. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh you know, and that's gonna be ground and pound, gonna make it a little easier for the quarterbacks. But uh the team that's best suited to really stop that, of course, is the Miami Dolphins. And then with uh Tom Brady just throwing it above. So I still don't think much changes for the uh for the Bills. I still think they're gonna be kind of middle of the road. Uh Jets, of course, I still think are gonna be on the bottom. They got some work mm-hmm. to do. The Miami Dolphins, I don't think, change too much either. You know, I think pretty much everything about this stays the same. New England probably loses one or two more games than they did last season. Well, because of the Brady suspension. Exactly, and he'll be cold when he comes back and tries yeah. to play again. I mean, you, however, though, I mean, the one thing, and mm-hmm. this is just me getting this off my chest about the Brady suspension. Let's say he misses the first, like, it stays the same. He'll miss the first four yeah. games of the season. The Patriots can go 0-4 oh, yeah. to start the season and win the Super Bowl. Because guess what? They did that last year. Yeah. And, I mean, they got to come back then, of course, and play Andrew Luck uh, at They could even go 0-5 oh, and, exactly. and still win the Super Bowl. So there's Bowl. definitely some honest. potential there. Uh, Tom Brady is freaking Tom Brady. You know, and we don't want to, we're probably not going to get into schedules too much, but that no, middle we'll probably after that to Tom Brady comes back, excluding uh, Andrew Luck, mm-hmm. it's an easy part. It's an easy part of your schedule. Easier part of your schedule, I should say. See, but the one thing schedule-wise I do want to get into, maybe not in-depth of like, oh, this plays this, but uh-huh. just overall the most important thing when you look at any division is who's going to win most of the divisional games. And the team I look at to kind of win a few more divisional contests are the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, they're to me, they're the most intriguing team in this division because I always have felt like for a while it was Buffalo was like, okay, we're kind of that second team right behind the miraculous Tom Brady and Bill Belichick Patriots. But now it's kind of like you can even put the Dolphins maybe as that second team and you add the pieces, like we said, Jordan Cameron, Greg Jennings, giving Ryan Tannehill something to throw to, Nadamik and Sue on the defensive end. Now you got to do something with it. Tannehill has yeah. a new contract. Ryan Tannehill needs to prove to the NFL, I can do this. I can make the playoffs. And an interesting thing with the Dolphins is they split every series in their division last year. They went eight and eight. Yeah. Too. Yeah, they, they're exactly. They're right in the middle here, but they split all these. I think, honestly, I don't know if much changes. I think they can win both against the Jets because I don't think the Jets have an answer for the Dolphins' defense. Uh, I just, I don't necessarily know if they'll win both against Buffalo because I think Buffalo will start to kind of pull some things together. I think it'll take a little bit of time, but fortunately they have an early game, which the Dolphins will probably win, and then they have a later game kind of mid-season here, week nine, that the the Buffalo Bills can actually pull out that one. So I think not too much changes. 
so I mean, I don't know. That's kind of my my summary for this whole thing. I think maybe besides the Jets, every team has gotten better. But with every team getting better, everything kind of stays the same well, because every team got equally better. Well, I mean, the only thing I'm and I'm looking at their schedule from last year. This is the Dolphins and. The one thing, the big change I see is instead of maybe a three and three divisional schedule, they're four and two mm-hmm. this upcoming year. Because I look at that Jet game at the end of the year, week 17, that they lost 37 to 24. And if I remember correctly, that was just a game where it was like, I want to say it was when you're in the playoffs, losing you're out, and the Jets just came to play. This year, I feel like the Dolphins say, hey, you know what? We got to man up a little bit. We now got Nadamik and Sue to beef up our defense. They do beat the Jets twice. They split between the Bills and the Patriots. They go 4-2 in the division. Mm-hmm. Maybe go 9-7. and seven. Maybe make the playoffs. Yeah, which is, a, I think we have pretty much similar uh, predictions for this one. Uh, with the the Miami Dolphins kind of taking up a little bit, the Buffalo Bills basically staying the same. Uh, I I really don't think too much changes for these teams. Like I said, uh, expect more of the same. But like I said, I do believe every team, and I, I will throw the Jets in with this one. I do think every team is getting better right now. Of course, maybe you want to say the Patriots are about the same because really, how much better do you get than winning a Super Bowl? Um, maybe not waiting till the very last game to win it. Maybe that's a little bit better. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's my, that's my main prediction. Do you think, uh, I, I want to kind of talk about some of these, um, conference records here Okay, for the other teams. Do you think much changes for say the Buffalo bills or the New York jets? Uh, let me look at there from last season. Uh, Maybe the Bills swap like swap with the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Dolphins are four and two. Bills are three and three. The Jets, though, I they're maybe a one two win team. They may win like their only win came week seventeen against the Dolphins last season. They may For the Jets. Yeah. Oh, you're talking in the conference. Yeah, in the division. Yeah, yeah, in the division. That's yeah. correct. They only won that one game. They may mm. be able to squeak one out against the Bills, but probably not likely. Maybe a, I'll, I'll even say maybe even a, a zero to zero at the worst, probably zero one, two at the absolute highest. That's if you're being like totally mm. pie in the sky optimistic. Yeah. Two division wins. Yeah, I do believe that they have an opportunity to be either the Bills or the Dolphins. For me, it's just not. It's not promising. I, there's just too many questions. And for the Jets, when you really look at their depth chart, your your problem that you see right away is Ryan Fitzpatrick, Geno Smith. Ryan Fitzpatrick's nothing to be excited about. He's another one is Castle as well. Although the Jets do have Brandon Marshall, something to actually be excited about, and Eric Decker, something to be kind of excited about. When you have a guy like Geno Smith, that's not good. I mean, the, Geo Smith will not get the ball to these guys. Fitzpatrick will get the ball to these guys, but you're not going to see anything flashy. You're not going to see anything exciting. Uh, I mean, is Bryce Petty going to end up starting this season? Honestly, he might. And I Towards s- the end. I said before, I don't even know. I think he might in the middle. And, well, I mean, when, when the Jets are 0-6 and, and Geno Smith lost his job week one, 
Like, do you really think there's much uh, of a reason not to start Bryce Petty? He's not going to lose his job week one. Here's, here's Geno the Smith, good thing. I think he should, I think he should lose it in the offseason. Here's the good thing for Jet fans, and I say good thing even though it's not the most optimistic thing to say. If you're a Jet fan, let's have a little bit of a conversation here. Level with me. You're not going to make the playoffs. You know this. I know this. I know in the offseason we all get this optimistic, just level of like, we can all make the playoffs. I mean, I made a bet with Mark last week that the Patriots, or that the Vikings would make the playoffs. That Mm. they will. They will. They will. But with the Jets, you want Geno Smith to start all these games. Because A, it's going to give you a good draft pick for head coach Todd Bowles to draft a defensive player that he can use to boost up his defense. Also, it gives Bryce Petty an entire season to not even worry about starting games, transition over from a spread quarterback to a pro-style quarterback. That, I think, is the master plan of Mm. Geno Smith is our starter. If injury happens or if we have to replace him midseason, that's where Fitzpatrick comes in. Bryce Petty sits because Bryce Petty is not ready to play in the NFL because he needs to transition from mm-hmm. the Baylor spread to NFL. I honestly want to ask this question. Go ahead. For Jets fans especially, is there even a reason that you think you guys should keep Geno Smith? But I'm gonna. I'll this think, is his last season, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, there's just not. I think because. When you look at the roster, you only got spots for 53 guys. And I know you guys aren't going to be that great, so probably you can afford to have three quarterbacks coming in. Oh, you're going to keep them for this season. But NFL teams don't like to have three quarterbacks. So do you think Bryce Petty will make it to your practice squad? Will he get past waivers? I don't think so. He's They're actually gonna... promising. So you can't try and stash him. So that way you have to go in with three quarterbacks, and I don't think that's worth it. I really don't. Here's my take. You know what position's going to get cut down a little bit? Hmm. Look at that running back position. Oh, yeah. They got Ivory, Ridley, Powell, and Stacy. Those are four guys who sometime within the last few years have been starters. And, I mean, Ivory was, I believe Ivory was your starter last year. Ridley was starting some games for the Patriots. Stacy started... In St. Louis before Trey mm. Mason came in, what do you do? What do you do with that? That backfield to me is the bigger question. Well, than the, the, the backfield is basically because uh, the quarterbacks. I think you keep Smith, Fitzpatrick, and Petty. I just only get the room. And when you hear my thing about Geno Smith, and I won't belabor the point too much, is that you know in one or two years he's gone. At least Ryan Fitzpatrick can survive the season and win a game or two. The re- I don't think Geno Smith wins you a game or two. The reason why they keep three is to make sure Bryce Petty does not have to play an NFL game this season. Mm-hmm. But so like I said, he can transition. To be f- The one thing I will say, well, two things. One, no one's going to pick up Geno Smith. You can get no. rid of him and he's going to be there if you need him. But I He's going to be like Vince Young. Let's say week 10, Ryan Fit- Geno Smith... He got cut in the offseason. Mm-hmm. It happened. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, week 10, past the trade deadline, he's gone. He's hurt. He's out for the season. If you really don't want Bryce Petty to start. You re-sign Geno? Or somebody else. There's going to be a journeyman who's out there. R- Matt Flynn still doesn't have a deal. 
I mean, yeah, you're not gonna ha- you're not gonna be able to do much out of him. But week ten, Jets, you guys are gonna be out of the playoffs anyways. I'm a three quarterback guy, anyways. Call me old fashioned. There's just in in today's NFL, there's just not a good reason to have three quarterbacks on your roster. See, I'm a I'm a three quarterback guy. A three and, and right guy. now, I mean, we look at this team like you mentioned the running backs. There's four running backs. There's like eight wide receivers. You know, four tight ends. You're not gonna keep all these guys. I mean, they. What do they have, like uh, 15, 16 guys on the offensive line, too? This mm-hmm. is the offseason. You just stash as many players yeah. as you can get right now. They have a ton of wide receivers, a ton of tight ends. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the one thing that – and this is why I think this may be Geno Smith's uh, do-or-die season is you've got the receivers to go out there and do something. The Jets went out there and said, hey, wait a second. The Bears are getting rid of Brandon Marshall. We're snabbing him. Mm-hmm. You have Eric Decker, who, I mean, yeah, he did things in Denver. I mean, you could say that's because of Peyton Manning. Yeah. However, they do have Cumberland's a nice target. Amaro's a good young tight end that they can use. Sudfeld had some success with Detroit. Mm-hmm. The one thing I want to ask you real quick about to, to end this quarterback discussion what week does Geno Smith lose his job? He doesn't. You think he plays the whole season? I mean, excluding injury. We're saying he's healthy uh, all season. If he's... I don't think it matters. Like, I don't think it matters if he plays the entire mm-hmm. season or not because the Jets aren't going to be good. Put a number on the it, future's though. Bryce if, if Petty. He, if he week loses. 15. Week 15? For me, I'm saying like week 5. I don't think he lasts long Week at all. 15 because, I mean... At, I'm telling you, Jets fans, uh-huh. you're going to want a top five pick. Oh, yeah, You're for going sure. to want a defensive player mm-hmm. to boost up. Trust me, I know. This was me when we hired Mark. Our, yeah, when we hired Mike Zimmer. You need a guy who he came in, drafted Anthony Barr. I want to say we were the 10th pick. Maybe the 11th, I think, that year. Drafted Anthony Barr. We were the 10th pick then this year. Got a cornerback. To come in, and we got Trey Waynes coming in, hopefully boosting up our defense. We made a trade, got Teddy Bridgewater. Hopefully Todd Boyles mm-hmm. can do the same thing for the Jets. I know uh, nobody cares right now, but okay. I, I want to s- correct myself on something I said earlier. I was referring to Matt Castle being back on the Bills. Yes. I was thinking of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yes. Uh, just wanted to correct myself on that. I know Matt Castle has never played on the Bills. Also... Another receiver, I didn't say his name until I double-checked. Mm-hmm. They got a wide receiver in the second round, Devin Smith, they who did. Uh, won a national championship yeah. in college this past season. And he's definitely a guy who, who can be kind of that reliable three, probably, you know, your safety blanket, because Brandon Marshall's number he's one. He's a speed guy. Yeah. He's a speed guy. Exactly. Brandon, you can fit him Brandon in the Marshall's slot, put him one. on the outside. Uh, Decker's your number two. Uh Smith will, should Smith's be a good your three, three, maybe Curly your four. Yeah, because I mean, yes, you could just put him out on the very far side of the sideline, just go that way. Yeah. You know, just point towards the end well, zone and, and He's let him the go. type of guy where you either get him the ball, middle of the field, and he can run with it, or mm. like you said, just say run straight. Because I, you will see a lot of Brandon Marshall playing the slot, I think. That actually works out really well for Brandon Marshall because he's so, he's so big. Can, you, you can't think, stop him. Do you think Bowles is kind of going to use Marshall a little bit like they used Fitz, uh, uh, Larry Fitzgerald uh-huh. in Arizona, where because he was a bigger receiver, he instead of going up grabbing it deep, 
hey, I'm going to use you in the slant, and you're going to use your body to get in front of defenders. I think that's what they would prefer at this point. Uh, Brandon Marshall's a little bit older. So and of course, how does Brandon having Smith? You don't need him to go at, go deep as often. How does Brandon but, function without uh, his butt buddy Jay Cutler? Uh, I I think he will. I think he'll definitely miss his his friend. But he's played without Jay Cutler before. He'll be fine. Yeah, but we, we know. Well, the we problem know is, he's is he been, doesn't have a good quarterback. He's, he's been got Geno Smith since he's been in Chicago. Been a oh, lot yeah. happier well, since I, he's been in Chicago. And a lot has changed in Brandon Marshall's life, so I, I think he's going to yeah. be just A-OK. But with that being said, he's not a young guy anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the big reasons why Chicago said goodbye to him and was so willing to say goodbye to him. Uh, but I believe he's 31. So I, I mean, we will probably be seeing a bit of the downhill slide on Brandon Marshall at this point. Part of it, because of the quarterback situation, but a lot of it, too, is just kind of, I think they're going to diminish the role a little bit. Okay, I want to get to a question that you mentioned before we even hit the record button because I liked it so much. Looking at, we can take in draft classes for sure and free agency, of course. But looking at the new additions for each team in the AFC East, who had the best offseason. I'm going to take this one first, Mark. And the things you got to look at, if you look at the Jets, their free agency class is they signed a ton of free agents. Like you said, maybe a lot of them were to fill up some spots just to be going into offseason. Just take everything, you hoard everything, and then, okay, let's just get rid of uh, all the extra weight. But it is headlined with, Quarterbacks: Darrell Revis, Antonio Cromartie. Yeah, that's what it's had. Getting Revis from New England, Cromartie from Arizona. Cromartie comes over with his defensive coordinator to New York, so you already have that connection. Cromartie and Revis could be. I mean, yeah, Revis is almost thirty. Cromartie's thirty-one. That could pose a problem, but virtually they're good quarterbacks. The Jets draft class, of course, they got Leonard Williams, who I thought was a steal at the sixth overall pick. Devin Smith in the second. Bryce Petty were the headliners from their draft. The Bills, or not the Bills, the Dolphins, the Sue, Cameron Jennings, Louis Delmas were their huge free agent pickups. I think the Dolphins were the winners Mm -hmm. because I mentioned those free agents you look at their draft class, I mean, yeah, they got Devonta Parker, they got Jordan Phillips in the first two rounds, but just Parker, Jennings, Cameron. You just gave Tannehill three weapons, and to me, I'm calling this for the Dolphins, and I'm going to say this because in our videos, I believe you have the preview I, I think for I the do, Dolphins, yeah. so I won't be able to voice my opinion on this. In Miami, this is the year of the Tannehills. How is Ryan Tannehill going to perform? Mm-hmm. So to me, I feel like they had the best free agency, giving him everything that he needed to kind of succeed. And then you have Buffalo, where, I mean, they didn't add a ton of free agents. Yeah, they got Percy Harvin. Yeah, they got Charles Clay. And then ahead, going in the draft, yeah, they didn't have a first-round pick, and they kind of just filled in what they needed, didn't have i knock out anything. What do you think? For me, it's all about the the Miami Dolphins. It really is. Uh, I mean, Adamic Sue is huge. Jordan Cameron's great. 
I'm not even going to talk about Greg Jennings because uh, what's the point? Uh, I, I don't think Greg Jennings is going to be anything to this team. He does kind of. He's get, a veteran. That's he does that's the main thing he's going to poise. He gets a little bit of a default because I mean, when you look at the depth chart, uh, it's Devonta Parker and yeah. Stills. Basically, that's it. That's everything that's out there. So he does. He will be out there. He will be playing. He won't do anything worthwhile. You're familiar with it. From I forgot and, they traded and, uh, for Kenny Minnesota. Stills too. Yep. Exactly. Uh, so that is something. Nothing exciting, but it's something. Uh, now, of course, uh, the thing that I think is great and I'm excited to talk about, even though this is a little risky here okay. when it comes to uh, the Dolphins, LaMichael James. This is a guy who did not get his fair shot in San Francisco. I was just going to bring him up, And too. he has so much promise and potential as like a specific kind of player as just get the ball in his hands let him run around i hope he's the second back i want him to be or at least i hope he change is. his position to wide receiver and randall cobb him kind of like well not just that think of another ex-oregon player d'anthony thomas in yep. kansas city where right now they're like he's more of a wide receiver than he is a running back i exactly. mean he kind of was both at oregon but in Oregon, you're not a running back or a wide receiver. You're a athlete, playmaker. Yeah, yeah, you're an athlete. I think that's what you have to look at with LaMichael James, and I think something that San Francisco didn't do. They wanted him to be a running back, and this is just a guy who you just put the ball in his hands when he moved like three feet. Give him screens. Give him quick little slants. Uh, toss the ball out to him. Do something to where you can just let him make plays because he is a speedster. He is a playmaker. He is a guy who has a chip on his shoulder right now because he hasn't gotten his fair shot. And I think of anything on this uh, Miami Dolphins team, Michael James has all the potential to surprise everybody. And I know right now, I'm going to go ahead and say this, is we're about at the 33-minute mark. If you're sitting there and you're a New England fan or you're in the Boston area and you've made it this far. You guys won a Super Bowl. Calm down. You're sitting there going, Ricky, Mark. I can't sit here any longer without you talking about my team. Yeah, you mentioned we won a Super Bowl. Good and great. But what gives? And, I mean, just to kind of throw the Patriots into the discussion here, because I feel like we've neglected them a bit in this podcast. Free agency, they didn't. I look at their free agents, and I don't see anything that jumps off the page. The one guy that jumped off the page... You just released in Brandon Spikes. Yeah, which is earlier this week. A little confusing to me. I I was excited for the Patriots getting Spikes. It had all to do with that car crash. Yeah. That hit and run that we saw pictures from. But I mean, you also look at their draft and yeah, they've got they had a lot of draft picks. They did the big Bill Belichick way, but of course, the only guy I'm excited for is I guess Malcolm Brown, their first yeah. uh, pick, but really that was just a we're going to end the first round. Here's Malcolm Brown. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, they definitely... Uh, we lost Vince Wilfork. Guess we're going to take a defensive tackle. The, the thing about the Patriots, the Patriots are going to Patriot. And, you know, that's all it comes down to. <laughs> they're the going to win. Patriot way. They're, they're getting at least 10 wins. Uh, you've heard me before say, maybe it's time to move on from Tom Brady. Let's see how Jimmy Garoppolo does. Uh, I will say, I hope Garoppolo does well. Maybe it's I want to see the, him go 4-0. Maybe it's just the Illinois fanboy in me, but I want to see him do well. I like Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's got a great head on his shoulder. This is a, I'll be honest with this. This is a little biased as us uh, you know, being podcasters here. I really want to see him go 4-0 because I want to have that discussion yeah. week five. So you want us to have that podcast week five of is it should it be Garoppolo should time? It be? I could just see it now. The headline goes, 
Garoppolo time in New England? Question mark. And the answer is yes. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see how he plays. Uh, yeah, I mean, for for you guys out there, uh, if you're if you're a New England Patriot fan, you're excited because you guys are going to win this again. No doubt about it. You guys are going to be right in the conversation as you always are. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be very promising for the future. One of the only teams that's going to give you fits in the playoffs will be uh, the Colts. Because yeah. I think Peyton Manning's on the way out. Yeah, Peyton Manning. I think yeah, we we can all agree that it's been it's been a good career. You know, he's the guy who's got to hang it up first between uh, all these older quarterbacks. So he he should probably be on his way out soon. Tom Brady for me, uh, probably honestly, I would love to. See, I know he wants to play till he's fifty. You know, whatever he says now. <laughs> but I would love I to thought, see. I thought it was a hundred. It probably play. is. I thought he wanted to play the Brett Favre system, play until I'm dead. I want to see. A one last ride. You know what I would love out of both these guys? A Tom's last ride? Yeah, I would love to see them at the beginning, like before the season starts, say, this is it. This is my last season. And then just go historic on us. Just go legendary and just unleash everything you have in this last (laughs) season. I would love to see it. You know what I would love to see the most out of this? Both of them do it in the same year. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady both come out and say, this is my last season. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do it. I want to see them battle it out for which one is the best. We all know it's Tom Brady, but which one is the best? Yeah, we all know it's Tom Brady. We don't have to have that kind of discussion, but really, that's what you want to see? I would love to see it. How cool would it be to have both these guys? I mean, that's the thing about about a lot of these sports you don't get too often. You don't get the guy who goes out there and says, no matter what, this is it. I'm putting it all on the field right now. They might think it in their head, but you have them wait until the end when they can see how the season played out and they can make a decision based on their legacy. No, go out there, put it on the line, say this is it right gonna, here, ride or die. I'm going to ask you a question because I honestly cannot remember the answer to this. This is an NBA Bulls type question oh, Okay. before I make this comparison. Before the 97-98 season, which would uh-huh. have been our last championship, did Jordan say... At the beginning of the season, this is it? I doubt it. Or did he say it afterwards and he said, you know what, this is it? I, I honestly don't know. I doubt I want to say it was after, but yeah. to me, that's what I'd like to see. I don't necessarily need to see at the beginning, this is it, but I want to see out of, especially Tom Brady, the year before he retires, MVP, Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, mm-hmm. Patriots just wipe the floor with whoever they're with, and Tom Brady rides in the sunset. Just to me, maybe it's because I'm we're from Chicago and I see it the Michael Jordan way. How it should have been, where it's like you win a championship, you retire. Yeah. That's what all the great Hall of Famers should experience. That's what I wanted to see Brett Favre do: win a championship and retire. Yeah, and what did he do instead? Go out on top. No, he didn't do that. He no, threw an interception. Yeah. That's what he did. He threw an interception, then he got uh, that, hit by Henry Melton or well, whoever it was. L- l- let's not talk about that game because cheaters kept me out of my Super Bowl. As we talk about Tom Brady and the Cheaters Patriots. kept me out of my Super Bowl. <laughs> and and Andrew Luck is saying, Ricky, cheaters kept me out of my Super Bowl. And we're sitting there going, <laughs> score more than seven points. Yeah, the offense doesn't keep you from scoring points, Andrew. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh so I mean, let's kind of let's just do. I think we're getting towards the end, so I want to do just by team name. You don't have okay. to have a super. You don't have to have like the 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 
what do you call it? The, the record exact picked record. out. But what do you see? Like, what's the uh, what's the what's the high? What's the low? On these what guys. What do you mean? For division winners? No, I would I would say say like you know for example for for the uh, Patriots, I'm guessing anywhere between ten and fourteen. You know, something like that. Ten and above. Ten and up. I can agree with ten and up. Ten and sure. up. Then you'll have the Dolphins between eight at the least, probably eight or nine, maybe ten if we're thinking pie in the sky. Yeah, I, I would say that they're probably about nine. Then I would me. put the Bills at third, maybe five at the lowest, eight at the most, and then Jets probably three win team at the most at the end. Mm, I can definitely agree with that. Uh, I think Jets are definitely in the run, and not because I think. You know, the team is a miserable pile of garbage. I just think that they are a rebuilding team, and this is part of the process. Yep. This is how it's going to be. Yep. Is there anything else? Who get, do you think? Get so, rid of Geno Smith. That's the last thing I want to so, say. Get rid of him in the offseason. Out of the what we just did, we, we're we both in agreement that the Patriots are going to win the division. Yes. yes. If our standings hold, Patriots, Dolphins, Bills, Jets, do the Dolphins make the wild card? It is the AFC, uh, so which because last year we it wasn't the, as competitive. Last year we had the AFC North have three teams go. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with this. I, I think that they are competing. I don't necessarily think that they get in, and uh, one of the big reasons why I don't think they get in: San Diego, Indianapolis, New England. That's how they end their well, season. You can't forget Kansas City. No, Can't I'm saying forget. that's that's how they end their oh, season. They play those three teams. I'm talking about these are teams that are going to rival them at least for uh-huh. a wild card spot. San Diego, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Baltimore. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and you got to beat at least one, at least three of those teams. And it's a problem for for them because those last three games are so tough. So they mm-hmm. get on a skid. Yep, that's pretty much how it goes. And then I think that's what bumps them out. I think they're looking pretty week thirteen, week fourteen. Uh, 15, 16, 17, it's going to be goodbye. You have you have to finish the season off strong if you're the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. That's key. But I would like to see the Dolphins hope, right there as the sixth seed. What you do is you hope that Indianapolis and New England have both already won like 13 games at this point, and they're just <laughs> sitting everybody at this point so you can sneak those wins out. But that is going to do it for the onside kick this week. This was our AFC East 2015 preview getting ready for the NFL season from now until the beginning of August. We're going to be going right through each division next week. Just so you guys can get prepared for it. It'll be the NFC East. We're going to stay in the East, go over to the NFC. I want you guys right now, if you like the podcast, hit the like button. If you loved it, hit the subscribe button. Anything that we talked about today, go ahead and leave us a comment in the comment section. Do you love what we talked about? Do you hate us? We love to hear everything from you guys. Also, if you want to be like Tony Reale and tell us where we screwed up, go ahead and do that as well. I want to thank everyone to listening to this podcast. Go ahead and check out our other great podcast, A Graphic Conversation, and the Primetime Podcast on our SoundCloud or YouTube channels. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.